The Rock and Roll Coffee Show is brought to you by Writers and Rockers Coffee Company, keeping the music and memories alive with some damn good coffee. Be sure to pick up your Rock and Roll Coffee Show coffee only at writersandrockerscoffee.com. And also brought to you by Retroactive, located at Broadway at the Beach in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, keeping you retro with everything from 70s, 80s, and 90s. Shopretroactive.com. Do you see that? What? No. It's drums. It's drums. It's drums. Oh, to the okay. right. Yes. Do you play drums? Right there. I'm setting it up. I mean, I'm almost done setting it up. I had one set up already and it, I damaged it by accident. So I had to send it the whole entire thing back. And then I just got that and I'm setting it up by myself. My instructor did it for me the first time and I, I just didn't want to pay again. But where, um, yes, where did you get your interest in drums. I just always wanted to do it. I always wanted to play drums. I just would dream of myself playing. So I thought, you know what? Why not? Why not just call up a drum instructor? And I chose the second one on the list in the OC, Orange County, where I live. And he has been so great. And That's I can fantastic. do it, can I can you? read music i can read drum music i had my lesson today every wednesday i have it and i just you know now we'll be able to practice with my drum set so that's an electronic set it looked like from what i saw yes okay how neighbor long you, friendly yeah how long have you been doing it just about like six months of lessons but during the time where i had to send it back I have, I feel like I regressed because I haven't been able to practice in between those, you know, one hour a week with him. Mm -hmm. So, but once I practice every day, because I, I used to be a flutist for seven years in band. And one day he said, well, you're, you're an accomplished musician. You are a trained musician. And, or what did he say? Like, uh, I did play concert music and symphonic music, and I was in a band. It might have been a school band, but it was, and that was studying for seven years. And I never really thought of myself as a real trained musician, but I guess I am. So I I just picked it up really quickly how to read the music. What what kind of music do you like? Like, what are you are you playing rock and roll music? What are you playing on the drums? Yes. The first song I'm learning is by ACDC, Back in Black. Okay. I think that's one of the first beginner songs that usually they teach because it is, it's basic. It really is basic. It's basic, but you got to get that groove right. Yes. And so it's so fun. And then there is another one by Seven Nation Army. And that'll be the second one. I forgot what it's called. White Stripes? You know music. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that one is really fun to play. But I mean, well, hey, fun. if I get good at it, you know, I mean, there must be a lot of opportunity for 
women who play drums because it's a little different, you know? Sure. That's great. That's great to hear. I think a person always needs to, you know, go after their dreams and their passions. And I already accomplished one real big dream of mine, big time with the ballroom dancing. And I became a champion, U.S. champion two times. So now it's time for something else. And I think that will kind of go hand in hand with my dancing, too. There's so much I could do. There's events I could conjure up and you know i have so many ideas doing something new what do you do you have all those guitars in the background well those are basses bass guitars so yeah i play bass i played in bands for a long time long time i was actually in a band not with but we wrote songs with brian johnson who was the singer for acdc oh really yeah so we we did back in black with him on stage once Oh, that must have been like exhilarating. Yes, that was great. That was so fun. Wow, that's awesome. He's a character, isn't he? He is. He's something else, that guy. Mm -hmm. In his little schoolboy outfit? No, that's Angus. That's the guitar player. Okay, so I always thought that he was like the main guy, the one who wore, who wore the schoolboy outfit. Yeah, he's kind of the face of the band. But yeah, Brian's the singer, the one with the hat. He wears a little hat. I'm going to have to get up on all of my drummers, you know? Yes, you're going to have yeah. to get it right. I watch them. <laughs> I do. I go on YouTube and I watch them, but that is not the reason why I want to do it, though. I just feel it in me. Did you always have an interest in playing drums or an instrument? You said you the um, flute, but when you were growing up in Seattle, was music big for you when you were a kid? Yes, I really loved music, but the ironic thing was I had this very horrible, very mean stepfather that if he saw you enjoy something, you better not show it because he would take that away. We couldn't even listen to music. We we had one record in the house and it was a Christian rock band that my aunt was in and that is it. And so my brother and I, when they would leave, we would put it on and we'd blare it and we'd dance and we'd be just like normal kids and normal teenagers. And he would also do whatever I wanted, my brother, and I would be the solid gold dancer and make up routines. And he would just go along with it and catch me in the air. We had a sunken living room and I'd fly off of it and he'd catch me and twirl me. Oh my goodness. And yeah. So, you know what? I love dancing and guess what? They, he became a chaperone, the mean stepdad became a chaperone. And I thought, oh, wow, he cares. He he cares about something I'm doing. But no, once he saw all the people were, I was 12. I was actually in junior high. All the people were coming around me because I, you know, I really groove on the floor and I have great freestyle dance. And um, he saw that and he's, he never let me go to a dance again. No. So how long was your dance career? I competed for six years, but I didn't what? start until later in life. I didn't start until I was 29 years old. Okay. So you were dancing when you were younger and then picked it up again later? No, I never did dance. I did gymnastics. Okay. And softball volleyball and cheerleading and i think even just the sports really help helps you with all of that with balance mm -hmm. i did pro-am so when i started i was working with a professional and i went through many different instructors until i found just the right one 
and I dropped, I did all four styles, American smooth, standard ballroom and rhythm and Latin. It's four different styles with a lot of different dances in each style. And after four years, you kind of want to narrow it down to one style if you want to win the championship, because you really need to just focus on that. And I gravitated towards standard ballroom, which is the waltz, tango, foxtrot, and Viennese waltz. And that is when the partners, the two, do not ever come apart. They stay, Mm. their bodies stay connected at all times. So it's like you are as one. And to dance that way as one, it just, it's really, uh, it's like you are really living. That's that adrenaline rush that you actually live to have. I was living that adrenaline rush so often. And it's just something that I already did now. I did it and I don't want to ever compete again. I just like to do it for fun and social. You should get on that Dancing with the Stars show. Oh, I talked to them when they first came out, the Dancing with the Stars people. And I just said it. I told them I'm not an instructor. I'm not a choreographer. I'm not an instructor. I can do it. I can just do it. I can dance. But they really needed a very technical person who who was an instructor who could instruct. I mean, that is a whole nother ball game. You have to actually go back to school for that because you have to, it's not just opposite footing. It's like completely different. Yeah. But you can be a contestant. No, 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 no. no. They didn't offer that to me. They just wanted me to be the instructor. I don't know. I mean, if you think about the Playboy Playmates, there was the first the first Playboy Playmate on there, not so famous, but after that, that show just really took off. And the Playmates who they've chosen since are the famous ones, which I think is just one other one, Pamela Anderson. Yeah. So, no, I guess I've heard of her. not famous enough, I guess, you know, <laughs> but uh, I would win. I mean, I know I would. Well, I mean, you should, you are should call them again. If I knew somebody in Hollywood, I would call them for you, but I don't. Thank you. <laughs> thank so, you. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers with and the thank coffee. Thank you so much for having me on. And I just thought, wow, that's so. Oh, I didn't even look in your eyes. Hmm. No, oh, but we've so been nice of you to we've been invite me for over a year to try and get this set up. I know, but I have to be just in the right place to do one of these podcasts, even though I did my own or do my own. I do a radio show though. It's a live radio show. So you just get me live and it's audio. So I think it just worked out perfectly though, because I have things that are going on right now. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw on social media too, that I am actually a Miss October featured in a magazine that How do you pronounce that magazine? Messay. Messay. It's, it's French. I did see that. Miss and October, David Misi. What was that? Congratulations. Oh, well, thank you. David Misi is the photographer and owner of that magazine. And I used to work with him, but never for Playboy. But he was a Playboy photographer for 25 years. And he was the one who mostly went out and found all the gorgeous college girl uh, playboy wannabes and 
but I shot with him for other things like in my modeling career and he's just so amazing. So I asked him, are you sure you want me to be a model in the middle, the centerfold in, I mean, isn't that for like newcomers and new young up and coming models? And he said, not for him. He just, his age range is very wide. And I thought that that's really cool. You know, I love it. And I have longevity and just doing that layout. I think there's about 20 pictures inside and I got the cover, the cover, the back cover, the centerfold, which they call the gatefold and all the little pictures inside. So yeah, me say magazine, M-E-C-E, mecmagazine.com. Everybody go get it. Is that on, is that print magazine or is that just online? It comes both ways, but you have to order it. You have to special order the print version. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I did see the cover and you look fabulous on that. So. Well, thank you. I let him choose that. He just loved that, uh, that smile, that, that look, he's really into a certain thing in your eye that Mm. if he sees it, it's gotta be that. Yeah. But I let he let me um, choose. He let me help choose the gatefold, though. Let's go back a little bit to when you started modeling, because you when you grew up in Seattle, you moved to Nashville, correct? Yes. What brought you to Nashville instead of going like to Hollywood or something? Well, I I wanted to be a model. I was seventeen when I graduated from high school, and my dad did take me to a modeling agency. It just was not the right time for me. And I mean, what am I going to do? Uh, be in Seattle, be, you know, five, five and try to make a living that way because I had to get out of the house. We had to move. I was living with he and his girlfriend and they were breaking up. So I had to get out. So guess what? I had to work. I had to really get a job. So it took me a while, but I applied to 100 airlines across the country. And the first one that was interested flew me out to Wichita, Kansas, American Eagle. And, and I did all of my, I got the job. I did all my training there. And I said, wherever, wherever, you know, base me. And it was Nashville. I knew nobody. And so then, you know, I'm the type that I had to just work for what I have. I just couldn't live with the parents and, you know, start my modeling book. And, you know, it takes a while to get going, get known, even when you're a playmate, because, well, I didn't really like living in Nashville, nothing against Nashville, but I didn't know anybody and it was very far away. And I wanted to be a model. Never had big dreams of being on the silver screen. It just kind of came with it, but I really love modeling and I, I just, uh, focused on it. So I thought, Hmm, what better way than to do playboy? You get money, you get connections right away. And it's just a great stepping stone. And actually it was really in the back of my mind since I was 12, I saw a playboy at my dad's and I saw a lot of playboys and I would look through and think, Oh my gosh, I just, I hope that I grow up to be like that someday. And I was so tiny. I was very short always. 
I'm normal now, but um, I was just, I was so little. (laughs) I was little and I was a late bloomer. And I'm telling you, I graduated at 17. So by 18 and I wasn't in school anymore. That's when I got the curves. That's when I really became a woman. Mm -hmm. But I was still really shy. Very, very, very shy. Were you? Yes. I would not have been able to do Playboy if I was in 18, 19, 20, even 21. I was 21. I was starting to get uh, more in tuned. But uh uh-uh. And this this was, you were in Nashville at this time? Yes, I was in Nashville. After a couple years, I did lose the flight attendant job because all of the flight attendants were let go because the company got bought over and they got rid of all of our planes. So I really was put in a place where I had to figure out my next step. And that's what really finally pushed me into modeling. So I was 20 and 21 and I got with a modeling agency. I actually watched one of your shows today. I chose a model, you know, I was randomly like trying. And then I chose a model and she was like, how she started was she signed up with a little agency to give you a little schooling, you know, and that's what I did. And I, sh- I started shooting with photographers just for free. I even learned how to do uh, the edit. I mean, the film developing in the dark room. Okay. Yeah, I did that. We'd hang them up times have really changed, you know, and my generation has seen that times change the most. Oh yeah. Um, I'm with you. mm -hmm. I'm there. Yeah. Are you? (laughs) Oh yeah. So, okay. So you go to Nashville to Hollywood. Was that your next step? Okay. So the, uh, yes. When I got Playboy, I made sure I called the Playboy in, in LA, not in Chicago. So you reached out to them. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, this is the funny story. So a boyfriend that I had at the time, I was changing before we went out and and he looked at me and he said, you should do Playboy. And I, I thought, really? I've always wanted to. And he's like, you could, you could do it. And so he's like, call them tomorrow. He was the type of a businessman. He's still my friend. This is like 40 years ago. I wasn't a play. I haven't been a playmate for 40 years. No. It was 30 years ago, sorry, 30 years ago. And so, you know what I did the next day? I did it. I, I looked them up in the yellow pages and I'm not kidding the yellow pages. And I made sure I called the one in LA because I didn't want the Chicago office to get me and then have to then maybe move there. Cause I was, that's what the way I was thinking. I was thinking if I go there, I might have to move there. So no, I got to go to LA. I always drew and colored ocean waves and palm trees. I always had a dream. I think I manifested it. And Beverly Hills, my dad took us to Beverly Hills on our California trip when I was 14. And I said, I'm going to live there someday. And I did. I got a penthouse on Rodeo Drive. I loved that place. So I did that. And another one of my dreams was to live in a beach city. And that's what I'm doing now. There you go. So when you called Playboy, how'd that conversation go? I mean, what happened? Well, they just said, you just need to send in some photos and they don't have to be nude, just very body conscious. 
they're so sweet and they made it they made you feel just so comfortable and it was a very short conversation so i remember at that agency that i signed up with aim american institute of modeling there was a photographer who came by one day and handed out his business card. I literally kept that card for three years because he said that he did topless Vogue fashion and he was out of Miami, but he was originally from Nashville. So he was checking in with the agency and I kept his card and I called him. And my thought process was do not shoot with any photographer in Nashville because a lot of them knew about me and they were excited to shoot me. I was really... I was a good model. I was really into it. So um, I didn't want to shoot with any of those that were like, just probably would love to get their hands on those nude photos that I had never right. done before. So I called him and I, I flew to Miami and I paid him money to shoot me for two days and send those photos into Playboy, which he did. And that worked. Yes. So me how, in. how soon did after they got those photos, were you in Hollywood? Right away. As soon as they got them, they saw them and they said, we would like to test you. And they booked the flight and they sent me a form to fill out. I filled it out on the way to the uh, meeting on the airplane. And it was very long. It was all about like, how would you want your video to be? I just wrote everything I was doing at the time, which was polo. I was on a horse polo team and, you know, I played the flute. So I wanted to play the flute. I played softball. So, cause you know, you're fresh out of high school basically. And, um, all the things I love doing, I wrote and they did everything. They actually brought in a special director to do my video because I was so detailed about all the things that I want in that video. I this mean, was a test video? No, oh. they kept that. They kept that in case you made it. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So did that video ever get released? Yes, that's my okay. Playboy video. That is okay. the, all the playmates have the their layout and then they have the video. Right, because you were Playmate of the Year, right? In no, but they do say that I am now. Yeah, I saw that. It, I know. <laughs> I'm going to have to tell you it's not true. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But you but were Miss Maybe December. by default, I was Miss December. Okay, so 92. The, the Playmate of the Year was Anna Nicole Smith in my year. Yeah, she was so, popular. And also, it seems not so fair because, and I'm going to talk about this whole thing because it's sure. interesting because it goes into the whole, the Donald Trump thing. Mm -hmm. Well, I was a brand new playmate in December, but by the time she, I was Miss December, she was already blown up all over the billboards as the new guest jeans model. So, I mean, of course, Hef wants to sell magazines. Even if I did win in the reader poll vote, then he still has the final say. And I never complained about it because I understand. I understand, of course. But I'm I'm wondering if she was Miss December and I would have been Miss May because there was an article written that I actually really did win in the phone-in votes. And... Okay, I was 25 years old, brand new playmate. I did it at 24. And at 25, I went and did a fashion show in Atlantic City. 
for something for Donald Trump, the Trump castle. And he was there and it was seven playmates at that time. This is 30 years ago. He was the, you know, most eligible bachelor in the country world that, and I'm telling you, all the playmates were talking about him. They wanted him. I just kept my mouth shut. Oh yeah. Yes. And I'm glad I'm on this show to tell you this because yes, really, really he, they were one time a group of them picked me up from the airport playmates and they were all in the car talking about him. And I just thought if I say that he is talking to me and we're talking on the phone and he's going to be flying me out to Mar-a-Lago soon, I just thought something could maybe possibly get ruined. So I just, I didn't, I did not say anything, but they were, it was all a buzz. It was all a buzz. He was all a buzz. And the seven playmates who went on this fashion show, we all went to like a little, well, a big suite and there was a piano playing. It was elegant and champagne. And we had a chaperone from Playboy with us, but Everybody wanted him. Everybody was flirting. Everybody wanted to be the one. Did, did they he, think he did was choose me? Or was it more just his popularity and money? What What was the question? Did you all you guys think he was very attractive guy? It was because he was in all of the news yeah. about being the young um, top. Uh, real estate mogul who just wrote the art of the deal and all the commercials and the helicopters. I mean, that to the young girls is very inviting. Sure. They want it. Makes sense. Yes. And, but attractive, you have to go and look, he's not bad. I mean, he was kind of cute actually. Remember when he was on Oprah and, and she said, she's the one who said you're the, most eligible bachelor right now in the country. And I mean, he was a young guy. He was 43. Although at the time, I'm telling you, he still felt too old for me because I got to Mar-a-Lago. I was so shy. I really was modest and shy, even though I did Playboy. And he wanted me to come out. I was so shy. I said, would you mind flying out a friend of mine as well? Just in case he was busy, I had something to do. And he did. And he flew out a friend from Texas, another playmate. Well, of and, course. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> Two it's like, come. I chose her. It could have been anybody. Yeah. It really could have been anybody. But I chose this one because we really clicked with Playboy. And she was only 18, 18 mm. years old playmate. And that's why I say I couldn't have done it at that age. I really wasn't ready. And I saw that, you know, she kind of, I had her under my wing, let's just say, because I was 24. Okay. Okay. Coffee break. With with your mug. Oh yeah. This is That's my your mug. mug. Listeners can get that New. coffee mug right now, right? Yeah, go to Perfect Ten Mugs and you can order one. It's a great price though. It's like eight ninety nine, I think. That is a great price. And there's several different images, even Playboy images they've used on my mugs. Oh my goodness. Well, hopefully you get a cut of that. <laughs> a very good cut almost half oh so okay so that's how so you met donald by going to his casino and then he singled you out to bring you down to 
Miami. Yes. He did single me out. And then it went on for about nine months and he was calling me every night really. Mm. And I, so I've been to the, the suite or his home in the New York Trump Towers. It was so funny because I lived in New Jersey for a while, right after, just for the summer after I graduated from high school to see if I wanted to live in the East because my mm-hmm. aunt lived there and we'd always go into New York and I was up there and I saw it. We were up there, we have pictures and it's the same exact place where they came down on the escalator and announced that he was running for president. But just because I did date him 25 years ago or no, 30 years ago, mm-hmm. doesn't mean anything. Everybody don't. And nobody hates me anyway because yeah. of it. Yeah, they don't. And I noticed this because I'm on the social media. And when I mean, Karen McDougal was showing up on because I had a Playboy Playmate group page mm-hmm. on Facebook. They were all saying so many mean things about her referring to Donald Trump. And I thought, well, I did an interview. I did a good interview. I mean, it. I made good money on it and, and nobody cares. Nobody mm-hmm. cares. And I don't know what it is different with me, but they don't want to hate me. Well, that's good. I, they, you don't want to be hated. don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. It's sweet. So, so hanging out with, with him, was he, how was your interactions with him compared to what we see as Donald Trump, the president? Because he's, he, he, you know what I'm saying? Was he a different yes. person than what you see now? Yes. And that's what was so confusing because right now, what I see is a very big, mean bully, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it can be funny. It could be funny, but it's very hurtful for the ones it's directed at. And I don't like that as far as you know, a president, it's not presidential. So I am there with the people, you know, I understand, but I'm, it was wonderful. I mean, he was so, he was very sweet. He was very sweet and nice to me. And also to other people that I saw when I was at Mar-a-Lago, these, this couple was there from a Midwest state and they were just designing his spiral staircase. They're just very, average couple and he invited them he said do you mind if they come to our dinner they're just here doing the staircase and i said oh that would be the more the merrier of course and they just thought he was just wonderful for that so that's what i saw that's all i only saw good and also the secretary it was so funny because the uk were the only people who really were interested in the story because it wasn't salacious really Except for I found out that on the interview, I found out that I guess he did get, he was dating me and did get Marla Maples pregnant. So you had no idea? No, I didn't know. And it was so crazy. And I was talking to Echo Johnson because she's the one that I invited to go to Mar-a-Lago with me. Uh And I go, where, where were we Echo? Because I just found out that he got Marla Maples pregnant. Well, he was dating me, but it was like a long distance relationship. Why were we not reading the Inquirer? Because it was all <laughs> over the place. And she said, I yeah. have no I idea. Like, why didn't know. we know? Oh my gosh, crazy? Barbara. I know. That is crazy. 
<laughs> it's crazy, but we were busy. I mean, we're when you're yeah, a brand new so. playmate, you're flying all over the world and you're busy. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's go back to um, let's back up a little bit back to be being a playmate. So when you get your act, act, I'm sorry, your interactions with Hef becoming a playmate, how was that? How did that work out? Well, I felt like my playboy interactions were more about the company and working with the executives and the people at playboy. And I was really never really so sure about how much Hef was deciding on things. I thought he does the fun stuff, like all the photos, but mm -hmm. no, then I found out later, he really does care about everything and all the promotions and how to work people. And so I think that there are playmates that he Thanks a lot for keeps having me. to be yeah, man. represent the company really well. He has no, no desire to do orgies with those people. Mm -hmm. That's how I felt. Although he was married when I arrived to Kimberly. And so it was much different, but it did change. And I, I did feel like, oh my gosh, I heard about all these wild parties and I like partying. I like to have fun and kick my heels up. And then, and now it's just like kids at play signs when you drive up, but it did change because when they broke up, that's when it changed. And then he did, he did come on to me. Oh, he did. He did. He did. Mm. But when I did not respond, it was still okay. But I remember it was five years later. It was, I remember I was 30 years old because I had a boyfriend. And so I just said, Hey, I have a boyfriend I'm in love with. Mm -hmm. I, I can't come up. And to he respected your bedroom. that? He did. And I, nothing changed. I was still working. I still worked for the company a lot. But when they broke up, what I saw, he didn't go for regular models right away or ladies he tried to go out with the playmates mm -hmm. i mean why not right they're there they're there right in your home so but a lot of them were like me well thanks but i mean we're in our 20s and he was in his 60s really it's like if you're not really attracted to him, you're already, you've got your covers, you're shooting. I mean, all the playmates are working. So there was really not a reason for them to. So that's when he started getting the other models that of course want to be playmates so badly. And then they, they're, then once he looked outside of the Playboy Playmates, they were in abundance. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. I'm sure. Now, did you, were you nervous at all telling him no? Did you, did you were you afraid of backlash or anything? Yes, actually yeah. I did because I went to Mary after and it was at a cocktail party and it, he came back to the grotto where there is an area where there's many different changing private rooms. And I was in there touching myself up and there he, he came in, but it was with another playmate too. And I'm not going to, I don't want to tell her story, so mm -hmm. I won't mention her name, but that is when he did come on to us. And it was sweet and cute. And he wanted us to come up to the room later after the cocktail party. And we both didn't. 
And then later I asked Mary, who is the, um, his right hand woman, she's passed away now. She was totally cool. Well, did I do something wrong? I mean, should I go up there? I mean, I said, no, you know, I was second guessing it. And she said, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine, Barbara. No big deal. It's totally fine. He's totally fine. So that is fine. And he does like to socialize with the playmates, though. I did invite him when I was going to marry Lorenzo Lamas. It was a huge wedding I planned for a year. And he RSVP'd. He was coming. And then when it was canceled, I talked to Mary about that, too. And I said, what did Hef think? What did Hef say? And she said he he was actually glad because he felt like it was for the best. Okay. Because Hef knew. Hef knew him. He knew him from, he already had married a playmate before. So maybe he knew something. And what I liked about Hef is that he totally would just totally back up the playmate. If you didn't want that person up there, like he did not let him up there. He was not up there for years, years. You know, the ex-boyfriends, mm-hmm. they're, if the playmate doesn't want him up there, they, I don't care if they're famous, he won't let them up there. Did That's you what live he did at for the me. mansion? Did you live there? Or no, no? Okay. no, I did not live there because I moved right to an apartment mm-hmm. in, okay. in February of 93 because I was shooting for Playboy for eight months, shooting tons of stuff. Marilyn told me when she met me, I'm going to save you for December. And that's a compliment because December sell, it at the time sold two more million copies than any other month. And it was a Christmas gala issue. It was actually special. January is pretty special too, but it usually has a big star on the cover, which sells a lot of copies. I had Sharon Stone. She was just, just did basic instinct because some girls, I mean, these are things people don't think about like who's on your cover. This is the cover that you, this is your issue that you carry around for a lifetime that you're signing forever. And I loved it that Sharon Stone was on my cover. You know, some people had other people that maybe they didn't want on there. Yeah, she seems like a good one that would sell some magazines. Yeah. And December and is my birth month too. So oh yeah. That what works date? Out. The twelfth. December twelfth. Wow. Yes. Remember that. I will. Coming up. Good. I just had my birthday. Happy birthday. Thanks. Um, let me ask you this. Now the a playmate and a bunny, what is the difference there? Well, the Playboy Bunny is someone who was the a waitress at the bunny clubs. That's kind of what I thought. Okay. So okay, here's the difference. You could be a you could be a centerfold, you could be a Playboy Playmate and a Playboy Playboy Bunny. But if you're just a Playboy Bunny, it doesn't mean that you're a Playmate too. Now were you difference. a bunny as well when you yes. went and did the cocktail stuff? Yeah, but okay. I not okay. Not in the the restaurant. No, I did it for the events because right. Hef That's brought right. the bunny back. Yeah, he brought it back, and I was so glad because those costumes are so cute, aren't they? With the little tail on the back. Yeah, they and asked, you guys, did you have to do the learn the bunny dip 
Is that what it's called? No, not for just the events. And you know what? I think okay. that they should have put them through us uh, through a little bit of that because, you know, some didn't act so good in their suits and you're supposed to really, you know, act really, really good. Not, you're not supposed to like hump over and like smoke a cigarette or something. <laughs> and also when we did these events, they're like, okay, we are not serving lunch or snacks or drinks because we don't want you to have to come out of that. Hmm. They, it's true. So we had to bring a power bar. Was there a lot of rules as a playmate that you had to follow? I think unwritten rules. Okay. Because there was this one time in the very beginning, I was called into the office and they said, well, we heard that you did this. And I said, when was that? And I'll tell you what it was after I tell you how I got out of this. And they told me the date. And I said, well, I just got back from Seattle. Here's the proof. Here's my plane ticket stub. Thank God I had that because somebody said that I was on a pool table at a nightclub, like spread, you know, being bad on a pool table. And it wasn't me. It was not me. And I could have gotten blamed for it, which would have probably changed my life because uh, I was booked on so much. I was the foreign spokes model for Playboy traveling the world. And there wasn't a lot of positions for that. So some never even did one promotion, even even in the United States, let alone around the country. And so I, it would have changed everything for me, I think, because so those people have power. So if something like that, let's say it was you, will they dismiss you from your playmate duties? I think they would they would say we are going to dismiss you. But mm -hmm. in their mind, when you come across their desk, they why would, would they yeah. choose you? No, you're going to pass by. And, you know, I was the one that they were referring because from day one, I did a great job. Mm -hmm. You have to. If you mess up on the first promotion... You know, you, mm -mm. yeah, you'll be passed mm -hmm. over. So I just thought that was very, very important to do a good job. And also, I was a good businesswoman already by 24, 25 years old. And I told Echo, she was only 18, we're going to go around. They put two girls together every time to go around, meet people, and just they kind of put you in twos. And she was the other one. And I said, we're going to go around and we're going to meet all the different departments. And I think that we need to introduce ourselves. And it worked. And they, in the next month, we were in France. But I was going to a lot of places like Russia, places that I never would have gone just to choose for a vacation. Like, you know, see Tokyo, Japan. And you're not just seeing it in a normal way. You're going all the way first class with Playboy. What do you do when you're there? Like, what did you do in Russia? You are booked every single day. You have an itinerary. And we probably went to about three different stations a day doing radio or television, variety shows. And I was in Taipei, Taiwan. We did, a, I found myself on YouTube on those crazy, you know, those crazy Asian shows. 
those game shows that are yeah, crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I found myself on there. You did one of those? Yes. And then <laughs> newspaper. The greatest thing was when we were doing this modeling shoot in bikinis and they powdered my entire body white. And I have the photos. White. The lighter skin, because, you know, I like being tan. Like right now I'm white. They probably would love it. But I love being tan and I'm going to be tan in a bikini. And they powdered me completely oh white. My goodness. I thought it was so funny. Were you wondering what they were doing? No, <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm smart. You know, yeah. I really know people and I know cultures and, you know, just growing up with, okay, my stepdad was very mean, but my dad was the coolest mm-hmm. and he, uh, he taught me a lot. Good. He taught me a lot about social skills. As a dad should. Good. So let's go back. Are you to... able to see this part though? Sorry to interrupt you, yeah, but my microphone, are you seeing below the microphone? Cause it's on a box. No. Okay, good. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> so recently there was, there's been some controversy with, you know, Playboy and, and, some playmates say this, some say that, but it sounds like all your experiences have been positive experiences, correct? Yes. I, I wanted to tell you a juicy story though. Let's hear it. Okay. Well, I did not partake in orgies and I did not go up that night that he invited me specifically up, but I did see an orgy that he was doing because at a party at the Midsummer Night's Dream Party one day, there was a playmate from the 1970s and she still looked awesome and great and was always there. One of the favorites. And, and we were just talking about, go, I wonder what it is like up there though, you know, with Hef, what is his room? I don't even know what it looks like. And she's like, oh, really? Come with me. Literally that quick and fast and easy. And so I said, okay, we went right up the staircase. I'm telling you, Joe, I'm turning off the fan. I never had even gone up the stairs. Never. This is your first time. Mm-hmm. And she walked me right up and right in. It was not even locked. And there he was. I mean, it's like a movie. Okay. I'm just (laughs) talking, you know, randomly to her about this casually. And she says, come on. And we open the door and it's going on. Literally the orgy was going on with like five, six girls around him. He's laying on his back. Happy as can be. And it's so crazy though. What I did, I went on the bed and I said, hi, have hi. And then I stood up and I'm like straddling him. Just, I was kind of being silly because I didn't know what to do. I did not want to partake. I just want to say hi and be a little silly. And then he said, hi. So I got off and I realized they're really into this. They're really into this sex. And what the woman did from the 1970s, the playmate of the year from the 70s, she just attached herself horizontally to him and the whole thing and just started like writhing and moaning (laughs) and getting into it. 
So, so what are you thinking? I, I just, I looked at this whole group and I thought, these people don't even notice me here. So I, I took a look around. I walked into his closet. Of course, I didn't touch anything. And when I walked through the closet, it was like 007. It was so strange. These cats came out of nowhere. These fluffy cats down at my feet. In the closet. Yes, in the closet, in his clothes, which were completely all organized by color. The clothes are all silk pajamas in plastic from the dry cleaner. And the cats were coming down, rubbing on my feet. And I'm just looking and it was going on forever. I'm walking and walked out into the bathroom with the huge tub there, which now people have seen it because of the girls next door. But it had all the shampoo bottles, all tons of them all around. I I don't like that. That's my pet peeve. I'm like, I wouldn't like that if I lived here. All those, all of them, <laughs> all around, ick. And and that's it. And then I looked around. It was very, you know, old style. Now everybody's seen it. Wood paneling, dark, velvety, all that. So, but also what surprised me when I went into the room was the piles and piles of VHS tapes just randomly piled just all along the walls everywhere. And it, it's crazy. But I do I take thought you were going to say piles of dog poop. Oh, so I, heard, I heard that that was an issue. Mm-mm. I never noticed that either, no. by the way. Okay. I've been to the mansion so many times and not all upstairs, but I never noticed it icky or dirty at all. Okay. Although they, they, he did use the Dove soap in the dishes for the public, like a bar. To watch you know, it would get all icky. It would get icky. Ugh. The mm. Dove white soap in a dish, like wet and soppy right there. Yeah. But. But still that smell to this day, I get Dove soap sometimes for that smell and it'll bring me right back to the mansion. Hmm. Okay. I don't know what playmate told him about Dove soap, but somebody must have. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as of today, are you still employed with Playboy or no? No, that changed. We only were employees for like a couple of years when he had Christy, his daughter, helping run it. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, it changed where we were employees, but only for a couple of years. No, we're okay. independent contractors. So you can still use that brand though with stuff that you do? I can use it. I can use my name. It's my title. And do you remember at first that, well, Hef wasn't letting us do that when like the year 2000, I was in that magazine, by the way, the Playboy 2000 with Mini-Me. I was featured with him in that. And I do remember that people were starting to get websites. You know, it was mm-hmm. a big deal. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to use our, we want to say Playboy Playmate Barbara Moore. And he said, no, you can't. And this Playmate, Terry Wells, went and sued him to use it. And she did win. Okay. She did win. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad, but then he was fine with it. He was fine. Okay. Means that much to you guys. Yeah, it does. You know, I mean, why, why can't we use our title for heaven's Mm -hmm. sakes? Mm -hmm. It really does matter. So yes. And to be hired by them, it is no more. It's not me personally. It's, it's no more. 
Like there's what, no more playmates. Oh, okay. Okay. No, the last one was 2016 and she wasn't even a month. She was like a, she was like a spring, you know, she I was a season. Yeah. They went down okay. to just seasons and then they all had to share. And the very last year they made everybody playmate of the year, which I don't know why. I mean, that to me didn't hmm. sound interesting at all, but that's what they did. And it's just not half. I don't even care to go to the Playboy Mansion. Yeah. Anymore. When's it the would last just time make me there? sad. When's the last it would time really make me sad. It would. I was there the last time. It was when the first Playmate of the Year that Kennedy Summer, Kennedy Summers, mm, she and she, he didn't come down. And Cooper, his son, got up and said, my dad is not feeling up to coming down. And that was the first time. And everybody looked at each other and was like, oh, no, because then we knew it was close to the end. If Hef wasn't even coming down for the Playmate of the Year, which was the little luncheon mm -hmm. that was so important to him. And so then we knew. And I don't remember. It was just like the last thing that everybody did. I think it was mm -hmm. that. And I remember went to the last New Year's Eve party too. Mm -hmm. Do you remember when you heard of his passing? Yes. I would I was very sad. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like right before did I do everything? Did I say everything I wanted to say to Hef? I wrote him many cards for his birthday. It meant a lot to him. He kept a lot of amazing scrapbooks. He had a lot of stories about me personally that were endearing, mm -hmm. you know, that were funny to him because the, the playmates came, they were the girls next door to him. They were, and that means innocent. And that means just like learning. And so there was this one funny story where at the end, everybody's leaving a new year's Eve party one night and they had the coat check and mingling and everybody's getting their last photos taken. And I, Hef was watching me. I don't know why. And I said, hey, could you take my picture, please? To some guy. And I, okay, he handed him. And I was getting the group together. And the group together was not getting together. And I'm like, come on, you guys. Come on for the photo. And I'm like, oh, forget it. Thanks. Never got the photo. Guess who that was that I asked? George Lucas. You didn't know. No. <laughs> And Hef would love to tell, he loved telling that story because he funny. just got a kick out of watching his friend, you know, be asked, but just be treated like a normal guy. And you know what? It, that probably was very refreshing to him. Sure. I'm sure it was. <laughs> and Hef got a kick out of that one. <laughs> yes. Now, you were um, engaged to Lorenzo Lamas at one yes. time. Did you meet him at the mansion or through through Playboy? I met him through Shauna Sand, who he was married to, and we got along great. We were doing some Cabo trip together, and I remember I was driving her to her car on the way back to, um, okay, we went to a private airport, mm -hmm. and I was driving her to her car, and she was talking to him because they have three kids together. And she's like, oh, I had so much fun. Da, 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 da. And he goes, well, oh, she says, I'm with Barbara Moore. And he goes, oh, well, you already are dating somebody new. 
I would like to too. Can you introduce me to her? And this so is his wife. They were already divorced. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they were divorced, and so she said yes, she would. And then he called me, and I did not call him back. And she called me then, and she said, "Why are you not calling Lorenzo back?" I go, "Are you kidding me? You really want me to? I mean, that was your ex. That's an unwritten rule. Like girls don't do that. Like that's just not what we do. We don't go out with the exes." And she said, "I want you to." I want you to, because I know that you will always be good to my children, Barbara. And so I did. I did. Then I did call him back and we hit it off big time. And he just, he's a very big disappointment with the the marriage thing. He was a big disappointment. He was a very big disappointment because he was ridiculous. He really, really? was. He was literally ridiculous. I will in tell you the story way? if you want. Yeah, in what way? Guys, I've never told it, and I don't mind. I mean, it's been a long time, and he deserves it. He deserves it because it's true. What it's happened? very true. <sighs> Let's get some coffee for this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like I said, I took a whole year planning this thing. Ola Magazine Spain was paying us 40 grand just for the rights to the photos, the day of the wedding, had that lined up. They already had come out and done a fabulous layout for us that was already in Ola, Spain, building it up. And the soap opera people, because he was on The Bold and the Beautiful, were flying us to Italy and using us for all the promotional things. And I was in all the soap opera digest stuff at the grocery store all the time. They were hyping it up. Because I realized now that the soap opera people who were already doing it for 30 years didn't really want to do those trips anymore. And we loved it, you know? So they were happy that we took that role on. And the soap opera people would use me in their fashion shows and all their, their extra, besides a part in their thing, they were using me for everything. And, um, well... Okay. He is very militant. He's a military guy. He went to military school for a while. And this all comes back to me later and it starts to make sense. He did not want me to have a male stripper. Why would I have a male stripper? For my bachelorette party? Okay, yeah, but I don't have to. I could just have a party. It wasn't... I want to have one, but he, before any plans were made, you cannot have a male stripper at your bachelorette party if you have one. Okay, fine. My group of girls plus one best gay guy friend show up and take me bar hopping. I'm just bar hopping. I'm going where they're taking me. I didn't order a male stripper anywhere that night. So they took me to Hollywood Men, which is a place where... It's really like a theater and we were sitting like 20 rows back and some, you know, middle-aged housewives up there getting a lap dance and everybody's laughing because that's what it is about. It's funny. And mm-hmm. um, okay, now I'm hot. I Sorry, <laughs> it was a hundred degrees on. here today. So yeah. And so 
they took me there. We literally had one, we had one drink and then left to the other bar and hopped around and danced. I saw a male stripper with some woman who was like 50 on a stage, like like 50 feet away. Okay. That's what I did. And so when we got home, it was my Rodeo apartment that he had moved into with me, but we had another apartment in Beverly Hills too, that we'd spend, you know, we'd go back and forth because when we have his children, then we'd have the kids apartment, we called it, that they could do whatever they wanted in it, didn't have breakables. So he was supposed to be over there and I was coming home at my Rodeo place. Well, he was supposed to be over there. Well, my my brother was like kind of our house person, you know, doing stuff. And he told me that night, he dropped by the Rodeo place and saw Lorenzo pacing at like 7 p.m. pacing in the kitchen. Pacing, 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 worried, worried about the bachelorette party. Oh, my gosh. And he thought that was weird. He's supposed to be at the kids' apartment today because this is Barbara's night here. And I was having one girlfriend spend the night that night who lived in the valley. Well, well, so we all come home. We think we're alone in my apartment in the living room. We're laughing. People are, like, having fun. Maybe somebody talked about it. He comes roaring in from the kitchen. We didn't even know he was there at home. That's scary. That's creepy. It was so scary. And he said, everybody out. It's over. The wedding's off. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I am literally not kidding. That's probably for the best. It needed to be told. This story needed to be told because... I mean, VH1 did a, a little skit with like stick figures and it was like a cartoon kind of like South Park type thing mm-hmm. where it was hilarious, actually. I thought it was funny and I wish I could still find it. And, you know, he's knocking on a, a hotel door. His cartoon character opens it and there's like this beefy, like muscle guy with me and like I'm turning and going ah like that. It's a real cute skit. It's hilarious. At the time, you know, my brother's handing me tissues as I'm crying, but uh, then you that had to came be so out. confused. I just thought this. I just thought, oh my gosh, how could I tell him? I I didn't. I didn't. And then I thought, you know what? Tell him one time. I didn't have a male stripper, but it doesn't matter. The guy's just the guy's just hell bent on canceling it for Mm. whatever reason, Mm. you know, maybe I was sabotaging it, not knowingly, you know, I mean, my dad did have to uh, send me to a weekend retreat seminar to, you know, get questions answered because I was in inner turmoil myself. You know, here I am with this guy who's like, a lot older than me and who has six kids. He literally had six kids and they all were around. And I am this in my prime time, you know, early thirties. I'm in prime time. I was just a brand new U S dance champion and the best shape, the best health, the best, everything, the best place, the best of everything I had. 
and he just takes it and does that with it. Yeah. What a waste of time. And you There's know what? And, oh, I want to tell you, Joe, though, mm-hmm. how many years, for 13 years, I thought, 15 years, I thought, wow, did I ever just mess up? I should have told those girls, no, I'm not going to enter that men's place. I'm not going to enter that that Hollywood men huge establishment and get a glimpse of a male stripper. Oh my God. It might ruin my marriage. I mean, come on. So yeah, it's a little ridiculous. So I have no regrets. So do you still, do you talk to him today or no? Well, the weirdest thing is, is all of that, those regretful years, I thought maybe I could have, had a different life. What would my life have been if that wedding would have gone through? So guess what? Ha ha ha. Four years ago, I had a very bad accident and I fell down a staircase and I really got battered up big time. And so it happened at my friend's house. He felt so bad. He did put up a GoFundMe (laughs) and uh, Lorenzo saw these photos on the internet and I hadn't even spoken a word to him for 13 years because for two years we were confidants. We were still friends. And then he, when he got remarried, he told me that that was the one woman that I was the one woman that the only one that she was worried about. So he never even spoke a word to me for 13 years. So he calls me out of the blue and I'm living in Arizona just for a couple of years because I was going to marry somebody. Okay. So I was in Arizona and he just said, I have always loved you. The worst mistake of my life was to break off our wedding. So we started talking again. Yes. And then he flew me out to Huntington Beach, which was so odd, though, because I had my dream to live in a beach city. I had already made plans. I was already in the works moving to Huntington Beach where he actually lived. But I thought he lived in New York. Mm-hmm. I thought he was flying helicopters in New York. And he's like, no, I I live in New, I live in Huntington Beach now and I fly helicopters there. I couldn't believe it. So then you're thinking, well, is this God? I mean, are we really supposed to be together? Is this, you know, mm-hmm. how it's going to end now? So I just went and to see how it was with him. I got in the car from the airport. I got in his car and it was like literally no time had passed. It was weird. It was like Uh still like clicked, you know, Mm -hmm. but it was like more of a physical type of click. It was, you know, a long-term marriage thing. That's a different story. Okay. And uh, anyway, it lasted. I I ended up moving here. He helped. It was helpful. That was nice. But it lasts like two weeks. And I two weeks. like I am like, I can't do this. Like it's not, it's not for me. You are not for me. You are definitely. And then now I know I really do not have any regrets. I don't know if it was God putting that thing that yeah, our that paths. confirmed it for you. Right. Yeah. Do you believe in that stuff? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Well, it happened. And you know what? Now I really know I have no regrets at all. Zero. So, but, you know, I wish him well. He'd be the type of guy if I really needed help or I had an emergency, he would be there, Mm. you know, 
Mm-hmm. Maybe not after listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> nah, well, I'm... too bad. It's the truth. Yeah, that is yeah. the absolute truth. And I've never, and you know what I, you know why I want to tell this mm. now? It's important because at that time I said, do you think that you could send out a press release to your agent have him send out a press release saying that we both amicably broke up just, you know, just to ward off all of the stories. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'm not famous enough for that. He, he was pretty famous for 15 minutes. He wouldn't even do that for me. And you know what? Then uh, somebody, obviously the group of people at my home leaked out that, Oh, he's mad that she had a stripper at the bachelor. or something about a stripper, okay, mm. which then it turned into I had one, which I didn't. But you know what? My brother's like saying, hey, you know what? If you had one, you're like the most normal person in America. A normal woman has that at her bachelor, bachelorette yeah. party. Yeah. Anyway, so that's that story. And okay, what else? Well, I, I know I know where time's clicking here. So okay. tell me about your... Um your radio show, your podcast Mm. that you have. Okay. Well, during that accident too, somebody wrote me an email saying, Hey, we have a, a a healing show where we heal people on it. I forgot like chakra healing. And I really thought, Oh my God, I'm sitting here literally with ice packs all over. I had to cancel three modeling jobs. It was really a bad thing for me to be injured like that with a concussion and everything. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, sure, heal me. Well, I didn't realize that this show was looking for a new co-host or an, <laughs> and so after a few times, they're like, they offered it to me. And you know what? It was the first time that I had something regular and it was every single day, seven days a week. Oh, geez. That's a lot. And I did it for a year. And then when I be, I basically became the main person. And then it was so weird because the other one ended up getting poisoned and jealous of me and the whole Playboy thing saying, I don't want this to be some Playboy show because I, I said, let's do a series. Let's do the a Playboy Playmate series where I'll interview them and ask them how, how do they become a Playboy centerfold? And it really was, it was great. I've, had about 30 interviews of these wonderful iconic women and she well just after a couple she got all upset and she she says it's me or her and so then johnny said it's you sorry (laughs) see you later yeah so then i'm now doing it and i so then i said well it's your show right johnny so then why why are you working on the weekends why are let's like choose some topics and really you know focus and do like two or three a week and that's what we do now and you still do that now okay mm-hmm. and it, and it's called uh life laughter and happiness right well life laughter happiness, happiness that's what he named it life laughter happiness and nobody can remember it the first yeah. time but that's what it is Awesome. And I love it. Okay. The reason I like it is because it was something regular where at 4.45 every single day, I had to be prepared to be on air. It's just audio. It's, so it was easy. I didn't have to do my makeup and hair. And it was just like, wow, what a relief. And I just found like it really helped me. It just helped me with speaking and not feeling worried about what I was 
how I was speaking, what I was saying, you know, it just started to, it was something I really needed. You know, like when you're growing up in school and you are maybe the, a pretty one. I mean, I hate to say this about myself, but it, it was a thing, you know, it was a thing. And I would feel like if I opened my mouth, everybody would just start laughing always, always in class. And so then I started like really going into a shell. And the thing that brought that out was Playboy, but not completely out. So this show really has done that for me. And I feel really like it really, you. I don't ever want to stop doing it. I love it. And I told Johnny, I will never quit. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Good, good. It's a variety show. It's whatever I want. Well, people can check that out. Life, laughter, happiness. Thank oh. you. And my mug merch. And your mugs are available. That's just one of many, right? The Barbara Moore collection. Yes. That's just one of many. It, and it's just $8.99. And where can they get that mug? Perfect10mugs.com. Perfect10mugs.com for the Barbara Moore mug. All right, Barbara. And what listen. else? What else? Just well, there, go so follow much. me. Just no, no, no. Follow me on Facebook. Barbara Moore Official. That's my fan page. You're pretty active on Facebook. Yeah, until they okay. took my whole Playboy Playmate group page down because it. There's a, there was a lot of nudity on there. It was hard to... You can't do that. On it was hard to control. It really was. But it was fun while it lasted. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, you have... We could probably keep going on here, but I know time is running short here. Uh, well, I will come back if you want. And I do like your course. tattoo. So fun. I Thank like you. your... Thank yeah, you that's very colorful. I actually got this when I lived out in the Hollywood area. I got this oh, out there. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to be rude. I don't mean to be rude, not asking you anything, because in a normal conversation, I would. But I knew this was kind of about me. Yes, it's all about you. You can ask me questions next time. How's that? Okay, thank you. Maybe we'll reverse the roles. That might be fun. Never done that. Oh, yeah, I would love to interview you. And this (laughs) is my painting by Olivia. It was Olivia was featured in Playboy many times as the like the new pinup uh, artist. Uh, what's her After name? After Vargas passed away. Varga. Okay. Okay. Now you still keep in contact with a lot of those playmates, I, I think, right? Yes, I do. Yeah. A lot of them are my very close friends. And Echo, the one I was talking about, who I met at 18, she lives right around the corner. So I see her all the time. I hang out with Shauna. And people think it's strange, you know, because that was, uh, Lorenzo was her ex. Mm-hmm. But it really just, it, it made us closer because I got really close with her daughters that way. Mm-hmm. And we are the only ones who know the little, little things that are only, only we know, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of playmates that, and also playboy executives. They mean a lot to me. They're the ones that I feel like they worked me a lot. And they're wonderful. A lot of them have passed away. And that's what's happening now. Sure. People pass away. And it is sad. But hey, I am proud to be a part of this wonderful era. And I don't care if it's over. I was a part of it. Well, so it's it seems over, like you're still man. doing great and everything's going well for you. So that's that's always good. Yeah, I'm going to maybe play you something next time on my drums. You can do that. You practice those drums. Okay. Thanks, right. Joe. Thank I had so much, much fun talking to you. You're great. Thank you very All much. Right.
Good night.